Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I am your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsies Nook, I give an update on an adult baby chair, plus I sit down with a very special guest to talk about the relationship between pleasure and shame. This week in Newsies News, Toddler Factory sold their first toddler chair. I first spoke about this new product on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Toddler Factory says due to a new relationship with a local woodworking factory, they now need to only sell 17 orders on their Kickstarter. The company is looking to raise $25,000. I will have a link to their Kickstarter in the show notes. How are all my locked boys doing? Hopefully better than me. I took my lock off the day before Halloween because my Halloween costume was just way too revealing to wear a lock and ooh, I was nervous. I don't know. I was nervous. Don't hate me. All right, let's get one final check with Bro Sitter. Hello, everybody, and congratulations. Wow, look at you. You made it all the way through October. That is so cool. How do you feel? You feel good? Do you feel proud of yourself? I'll bet after a whole month of squirming and wiggling and holding it all in that you're just bursting with pride and well, maybe some other things too, and that's okay. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to spend a whole month without making stickies. I wouldn't know anything about that. I make stickies all the time, but for a boy like you, Gosh, that must have taken a lot of work. And I'm proud of you for making it all the way through, even if you had a few accidents along the way. Now, there are plenty of you who didn't, who held it the whole month long and showed everybody that you're a super extra, super duper good boy. And I am very proud of you. But even if you did have accidents, if you're anything like my little boy and you just couldn't make it the whole way, that's okay. Accidents happen. That's part of why you're in your chastity cage to begin with. We're trying to train you to have more self-discipline. And well, even if you did have an accident, I'm proud of you for trying. And if you left the cage on for the rest of the month, I'm extra proud of you. Because you knew that even if you got to make stickies during the month of October, that doesn't mean that your cage came off. If you gave up halfway, eh, that's okay. We'll just try again next year. But I just wanted to say a big congratulations to all of you kids out there who locked up all month long and kept yourselves good and kept yourselves all bottled up and kept yourselves from having stickies because that is such a big feat and you deserve some pats on the back. High five. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm very proud of you boys. Um, And uh, I'll bet it's been an interesting few days. We're a few days into November. And I'll bet a few of you have uh, already made your stickies, huh? You just couldn't wait. Whether it was at the end of a wand or in a diaper or in your hands or on your face, wherever your stickies ended up, you know, you probably uh, felt super, super, super good, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it so much better when we wait for things? It's like Christmas morning. 
When we open our, our presence a little bit too early, it doesn't have the same kind of effect, does it? No. Christmas presents are special because we wait until Christmas to open them. And then when we do, it's exciting. We get all that excitement all at once, right? And that's kind of what it's like to be done with October. It's like it's Christmas morning and you finally get to unwrap your presents. But I'll bet there's a part of you that kind of wishes that we could go back to the beginning. All that built up hormone and, and excitement, you can't really get that back. Once you make stickies, that all goes away. And every sticky after that just feels pretty good but it can't quite match that first high of coming once your October is all complete. And so I just wanted to uh, let you know that there is an alternative to that. If you liked October and it made you feel super, super good, well, you know, there is this thing called No Nut November. And if you're a super extra good boy, you don't even have to wear a cage. You just have to make sure you don't make stickies. And for those of you who had trouble maintaining that throughout the month of October, well, No Nut November might be even harder for you. If you could come through a cage, you're going to have to have extra discipline for round two. But hey, I mean, even if we are a few days into November and you've already made stickies, that's okay too. We can just make a few days of December into No Nut November. And well, I mean, if you can count that high, can you count to 31? Or to 30? Can you do that for me, buddy? Can you, can you figure out how many days you have to do from now? Because however many days it takes, I mean, that's going to be your No Nut November. Now, I'm not telling everyone who's listening to this to do No Nut November, but I am saying that if you do decide to do it and you do decide to withhold and, you know, hold yourself in some discipline for this month, you'd make... Mr. Dan's super, super, super proud of you. Wouldn't that feel nice? Wouldn't it feel nice to have a grown-up to pat you on the back and make you feel super extra good? I think so. So, just one more time, congratulations on Locktober, and uh, (laughs) good luck with No Net November. I will speak with you boys very soon. Thanks. This week in Newsy's Nook, have you ever felt both pleasure and shame from being in ABDL? Back in August, Leafy posted a picture depicting the idea of fragile ecstasy. The Twitter caption read, It's a reflective piece that merges shameful pleasure and pleasurable shame. Leafy goes on to say, quote, Using a found footage design, I wanted to create a meta-commentary on how porn, kink media, and perspective can stimulate both settled pleasure and visceral disgust. To talk more about this relationship, here is my conversation with Leafy. I think the best way to start is just thinking about like the way in which you have fragility related to pleasure and disgust and, the, and um, also how that's different with being vulnerable. So uh, I'm just going to kind of maybe just explain a little bit of that and like how that kind of relates to like the broader theme of this like fine line because mm-hmm. I think there's a similar thing with the fine line of fragility and vulnerability because like being vulnerable means that you might be open to yourself but it doesn't mean that you're going to like suddenly you know break down like you know if you're feeling disgusted about something you might not um 
it depends on how you like interpret that, right? You could feel down about yourself or you could just like feel the disgust and then move on. <clears throat> now with fragility, it's sort of like, um, you might not always um, be open to, uh, or rather, uh, I think fragility is almost like weakness or being able to be broken down easily. Um, and that, that kind of could be due to extrinsic or intrinsic factors, um, which I think when it comes to the photo that a lot of times discussed both comes from this like auto humiliation, like, you know, being internally discussed with yourself when it comes to like kink or kink media. But then there's also like, you know, some extrinsic factors that might be affecting it, whether like you have a person that maybe like saw something and then they mentioned it to you, like they saw maybe like an ABDL video and they said it like not knowing that you're ABDL, but just seeing it and saying they're disgusted by it. But I think most of the time, a lot of the, this fine line between pleasure and disgust comes like more internalized. Do you think it's something that we learn over time or do you think it's something that we all kind of are born with? Like, do we learn to be disgusted by things? Do we learn to be pleasured by things? Is it a learning thing that we're just, we mm -hmm. learn over time through our development or do you think this is something that is more internal? I think that pleasure, I, I'm, I'm thinking for me, I can't really speak to the pleasure side in terms of like the development of kink, but I can at least speak to like the disgust part. Um, I think that most of the disgust element or like the internalized shame, and I actually call it in this case of the photo, I like to call it auto humiliation. Um, so in terms of like the auto humiliation within the, um, in terms of development, I think that that's something that's a learned behavior. Like I, I think most of that stuff is socialized, a social construct, like the way in which things like are socially constructed to be, you know, um, strange or weird, right? Like I was, I'm, I used to be a teacher for many years and the way in which like younger children are more likely to be open about things and share things that are deeply personal. Whereas we get older, we're, you know, taught to like feel, you know, shamed about certain things and not share certain things. So I can e easily, you know, or not easily, rather, um, can definitively say this is something that's like a learned, you know, self, uh, almost like we're self-regulated to like feel that way. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point, right? Kids do disclose what they're feeling. They almost wear their emotions on, on their sleeve, right? Mm -hmm. And then through just what we'll call normal development, Mm -hmm. we we lose that right we're kind of told like you mm -hmm. know don't share too much or like you have to act this way or you have to smile more or you have to be happy and if you're sad there's something wrong with you right we're gonna yeah. learn that as we as we feel we might be feeling the wrong things and it's, in, it's yeah. interesting that you bring you bring that point up and i think that's what makes abdl kind of very both therapeutic and that level of what you call auto humiliation right for a lot yeah. of us it's it's going back to that time where we can feel those things. Yeah, yeah. But, but then you also go into, I think you called it the disgust part, the auto humiliation part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I can kind of also talk to maybe a little bit how that photo really is betraying that auto humiliation to give some insight and sort of like the artistic perspective of it. So like, I, I think when it comes to expressing that, like there's like three layers, there's like the actual photo itself, you know, where it was taken and then like who was taken by meaning me. So like, like obviously like in the actual picture you see like the sub and the dom 
um, you know, in this humiliation, diaper humiliation scene, you could mm-hmm. interpret it as a diaper humiliation scene. But then on the other, you know, so that level, there's humiliation there, but it's intended to be humiliating, right? You're intended to be, you know, in a diaper humiliation scene, the goal of the scene is for you to be humiliated. You know what I mean? So yeah, you've, you know, you've done the job, you did the scene. However, on another level, there's the way in which you can internalize that, which is like the auto humiliation of it, you know, um, rather than the pleasurable part, there's like the actual after the scene or maybe like before or when you're just thinking about it, like um, you might feel grossed out by it. And that's why in the picture, it's myself. So it's me as both the dom and the sub, not because I'm like doming myself or I'm into doming myself. Rather, it's just to portray the way in which the dom is more some symbolic of my, you know, day to day headspace being humiliated by my like kink headspace essentially you know so it's sort of like although i don't really feel this anymore it's more of betraying that auto humiliation itself that's why it's myself it's not two separate people it's the same person it's a reflection oh i see it yeah because i was going to ask is is it both are you both the diaper boy and the dom in the scene and i like how you kind of went into that that there's that duality that we have with each other right we all enjoy wearing but we also kind of enjoy the what we would call the disgust of it, right? The 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 tabooness of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And obviously for some diaper humiliation isn't part of kink, but like in the sense that if it was a diaper humiliation scene, that's like part of the scene, right? Like it's the enjoyment of the humiliation. So yeah, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. Sort of like this, um, it's almost like uh, a, uh, what's the word? Like an oxymoron in a way, kind of, although it's not that oxymoron really is like not that word, but like paradoxical in a way. There's a paradox between the two of like humil- humiliation being bad, but humiliation being good, you know, or pleasurable or disgusting. So, right. And you're saying that the photo has like even more layers. So mm-hmm. there's there's the one layer of the picture is just a representation of you know, pleasure and disgust, dom and sub. And then there's mm-hmm. that other layer of you being both those characters showing that duality. Who took the mm-hmm. picture? Did you also take the picture? I did take the picture, yeah. I just set up my camera in my living room and to put the flash on, it was like a, so it's like a 10 second delay. So walk. I walked to, you know, I set up my tripod, you know, have my chair there. I walked, you know, did 10 seconds and then it, you know, flashes like 10 photos. And then I took it again and I moved to the next, you know, to the side and then I merged them together, so. Do you have a background in photography? Uh, yeah, so I did. I used to have a photography studio when I was in high school, um, and I, you know, I learned Photoshop. I didn't actually use Photoshop to edit this photo because I don't have, I don't have the money to pay for that. But I have another software that I use. But yeah, I'm background in photography for years. So because I am, well, I'm a videographer during the day, but. The reason I asked, like, is it both you? Because it doesn't look, um, it doesn't look photoshopped. I know that's not what you use to create mm-hmm. this photo, but it doesn't look artificial. It literally does look like there was a guy in a typer and then you standing there. Because, like, even the background, it doesn't look like there was two flashes of light. Like the background, right? The light, the flash. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like two different flashes. It looks like one flash. So I'm like, yeah. How did he do that? This is, it's the magic of photography, like. I don't know. I mean, I just, um, I, I, I took the two and it, I think it also helps that like when I took the picture, my, my house was completely black. So it was completely dark. You couldn't see anything. Mm. So like it, 
I think the reason why the flash is like looks the same is because it was like I had no other light besides the flash itself. So that that kind of helped with the editing of the of the you know I think it's called overlaying. I forget what it's called. Yeah, double exposure kind of another word yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then so. let's go into the other layer because I know for me, and I'm getting this feeling from you, when I'm wearing a diaper, I feel the most artistic. Like mm -hmm. I'm that person that's like, as soon as I'm soggy, I'm like in the corner with my camera and my tripod and I'm <laughs> up scenes. But it's very therapeutic because I'm able to I'm able to put in reality what I'm thinking or a fantasy that I'm having. Mm -hmm. Talk to me, were you feeling all these different things when you were taking the photo? Were you feeling were you feeling the the submission putting the diaper on, sitting in the chair with your hands over with your hands over your head? And then were you feeling the Dom wearing the jacket, looking down in the chair? I would say I would say yes, actually. And like especially like when I was doing the poses specifically. Um I, I mean, less of like a um, headspace, but almost just more of like the embodiment of that. Just like, I, I think almost even more viewing the photos after I take them too and like seeing myself. Cause like when I'm taking the photo, I'm not exactly sure how it looks, but I do know like at least the posing, you know, hiding my face um, and like looking down, like there's, there's something about like um, the clothing that you wear and how that really portrays the way that you feel like you're saying like being soggy and then like feeling kind of subby and like but also like you know when i wear a jacket or like when i wear certain clothing i really feel a lot more like in a different headspace like just to give an just to give like a side tangent like me sort of being gender fluid like there's certain there's certain clothing that i wear that makes me feel a lot more like feminine presenting or like not feminine presenting but like more like feminine or when i'm wearing like certain clothes i feel more masculine however a lot of my more feminine clothes you might, or feminine feeling clothes is actually a lot more masculine presenting like i like wearing athleisure when i'm feeling more femme but when i'm when i'm feeling more like you know little leafy or whatever it's a lot more like colorful clothing but i feel like more boyish it's you know so it's just the way the clothes really help embody that as well let's turn to abdl art in pictures in general do you feel what makes a good picture is showing this duality in a photo whether it be you know a big jock guy in a diaper right mm -hmm. there's that duality or it's like a little it's like a guy in a diaper super soggy being humiliated like do you think those are mm -hmm. what make good abdl pictures i think it can um like, I mean, at least for me, I do like that, um, like the masculine kind of super buffy, um, I less masculine, but just like really buffy kind of men and like padding. I think you, like also like suits a lot, like suits plus like um, padding to me, like that duality kind of, of, um, of you know, just aesthetic really like, um, you know, appeals to me. Also, especially like, even when I'm more in my mommy side, which is funny because I'm dad leafy on Twitter, but like I'm actually mommy. It's a whole, it's a whole other thing. Oh, okay. um, but um, like when it comes to like my dom femme side, kind of, um, that's kind of what I like. I like that idea of like me sort of like doming just like this like bigger, you know, more buffy guy. I just think it's very like, I think it's cute. You know, I just think it's actually cute, but like in a kind of dualistic way, I guess. If you ever retook the photo, do you think you would show more of a Dom, Mommy, Leafy 
instead of mm. instead of the guy that you gave us in the photo do you think that would be like an extra level of this i'll use your title fragile ecstasy it's funny because when i see like that the male figure or like the dom side i actually see it almost very close to what my femme side really is which is sort of like is it like when i wear more like when i feel more feminine it's less feminine clothing and just a lot more like boss kind of like boss i don't know boss girl or whatever like if there's something about like just fierce like tight clothing i don't know why again this is just how my gender identity is just out there but like when i'm wearing a lot more like just like i don't know like suits and athleisure and just like that to me is my femme side so it kind of is mommy leafy in that instance so yeah oh, okay it's just, like, i really like just like a big um you know, suit jacket with like a tight, you know, tank top under and like tight pants and like boots. Like that to me is mommy leafy or sometimes miss leafy, you know, like that is that that's me. Like I feel a lot more just like in power and in charge, but also like there's also duality there for me where it's like, I'm very, I'm very this like boss person. Like I'm going to tell you what to do to everyone else. But when it comes to my little, I'm very sweet and caring. Like that's my favorite thing. It's like, when I'm mommy leafy, I'm in charge of everyone else. I'm boss, but to my little, they're my sweet little, like, you know, I take care of them. So that's kind of, there's a duality there too. Side tangent note, because I thought of it in my <laughs> head. If you had to describe boss mommy leafy as like, if you had to compare it to another character, mm-hmm. are we feeling more like Meryl Streep in, in Devil's Wear Prada? Kind of like that mm-hmm. kind of vibe or like who, mm-hmm. who would play boss mommy leafy? I feel like that, I, so I haven't seen, I'm, I'm probably horrible for saying this, but I haven't seen Devil's Prada, but from what I know, I know, I know, I feel like that's kind of the aesthetic though. It's like, like I'm at a CEO, like actually I like the aesthetic of like, I'm a CEO, I'm busy, I'm doing my shit, like I've got shit to do, like I've got people to tell, like I've, like I'm the CEO of this company, but then like, so everyone else is like, I'm doming, but then I have like, there's another layer of doming where then I have this hot guy that comes in while I'm just like babying like they're like i'm mean to everyone else i'm a bitch to everyone else but to my little like they're my sweet little i'm taking care of them like that is like that is mommy leafy that is miss leafy so i love it i love it and what i love too is like the longer i look at this photo you really don't give us a whole lot in this in this photo right it's basically guy in a diaper in a chair and then you in a power suit with your power stance and what's funny Mm -hmm. is when i look at it i can think of like three different stories that go with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what people are gravitating to is like you gave us everything and nothing all at the same time. And you like allow our imagination to run wild of like, how did the guy get in that giant diaper? Does he want to be in it? Mm -hmm. Is he being forced into it? Mm -hmm. Where did where did boss mommy leafy come from? And we don't even know (laughs) that it's boss mommy leafy. And I'm pretty sure after people listen to this episode, they're going to look back at this photo and be like, oh, oh how Mm. interesting yeah yeah in fact it's funny that you say that there's sort of like this um like almost like a veneer that comes along with like the obscurity like it's not very clear what's going on and that's kind of like another detail that i wanted to add which is like the surrealist element to it that like there is fantastical elements to abdl like you know like getting in the headspace like you know regressing but you're not really regressing kind of like that element is I'm betraying that through the surrealness. That's like kind of like the certain the certain details of why I'm not wearing shoes, why I'm not wearing an undershirt, um, why it also kind of looks like the sub is actually wearing underwear under the diaper. If you actually look closely, like the detail actually almost looks like it's wearing underwear. 
Mm. Um, where it's like someone just put this giant diaper, almost a cloth, just thick cloth diaper over them. And there's a vintage element because I have this like actual like 90s um, lunchbox diaper kind of thing in the background. Like it looks kind of old. Um, and then the distortion and the lighting, all it almost feels like it's a, your dream. It's a glimpse. Like you're just seeing this like in the slight, you know, in your mind. Yeah, I it's think like so. fuzzy, you know? Yeah, I think someone in the comments actually, or maybe I just thought of this in my head. Like, it's like, if I seen this photo before, like, is it a glimpse into <laughs> like my dreams or something? I'm pretty sure someone wrote that. And I was like, that totally makes sense for this photo. Yeah. And like that kind of surrealist element is like, um, um, sorry, I just got a notification. Um, yeah. So whoever, yeah. So there's like, there's like a dream, yeah. The dreamlike element to it. But then it's like, you know, dreams are fleeting. You have a dream and then it's gone, right? Just in some way. And then this is kind of relating to the, like the, another layer that goes to all of this, which is like the actual porn house commenting on porn media itself. Like um, kind of like how an orgasm is a little bit fleeting. If you have an orgasm, there's a sense of dopamine and then it releases and you're back into reality, right? Like just how a dream is like, you have like this dream that's amazing and cool, but then like you're back to reality, you know? So that there's like that kind of element too. But then again, it goes back to this disgust and like, you know, pleasure, which is like you enjoy porn, but then you feel gross after, you know, your orgasm or whatever, you know? So I kind of wanted to take on that. But the interesting thing is, and why I call it meta commentary to porn media and like kink media in general is because um, like the video there, the photo is commenting on like this disgust, this line of disgust and pleasure. However, it's coming from a person, Leafy, who creates, you know, porn content, who makes, you know, like has, has it just for fans and, you know, posts regularly on their Twitter. So it's like the person who's the person who's creating like this photo itself clearly doesn't have this sense of disgust when it comes to their own like kink and stuff. So it's like, I'm using like my medium, which is Twitter and like the context of having making porn to comment that it's actually, you shouldn't feel disgusted by your own, you know, your own kinks. It's like, um, so that's like where the meta element comes to it. Like my own, the medium of Twitter as an, as art, essentially, like my own page existing as this commentary to this feeling, if that makes sense. Right. So like what I'm hearing is like in a sea of, in a sea of porn that you will, mm -hmm. you, that you find on Twitter, here is something that you might get off on, but it's a commentary that you are getting off on this, but it's art. Exactly. Essentially that. And also specifically that I'm creating it. I'm like saying like the photo, the photo is almost saying like there's disgust that happens when you, you orgasm, but at the same time, it's coming from a person who like clearly doesn't feel that way about their own porn. Um, so it's like, it's okay. You know, it's like, it's okay to feel that way, but also you don't need to feel that way kind of. So yeah, if that makes sense. No, that totally, it totally makes sense to me. Um, what has been, I mean, people can read the comments for themselves, but what about you? What, what has the response been? What have you been noticing? What have people been DMing you about this photo? I would say um, a lot of just like positive feedback. I think it's really interesting. They like it. Um, I mean, what, I had a, like a very, very long discussion with one of my friends about this photo. And we even kind of, kind of worked on creating this caption to it and like a story behind it and all this, which is like, there's like a comment that I posted, which is like, here's a potential caption or story to that. Although that's sort of the, just a side idea, but, you know, unrelated to the photo itself. But like, there's just like a lot of kind of interesting conversations that I've had with people just about um, ABDL and like other types of ABDL art and photo photography that can exist outside of just like, you know, regular old kind of like 
diaper picks and you know different spaces I guess like more intentional if that makes sense do you think that do you think you could do a photo like this but with other kinks and if so what other kink could you do this photo with um or do so this concept I would, with I think for me personally like um if I were to kind of go into like my own personal like other kind of kinks that I might do this with um so I really enjoy I mean it's sort of like related to ABDL in some ways but like kind of separate from like maybe the typical kind of gay ABDL space on Twitter but I really enjoy um like breastfeeding actually me particularly being the woman you're doing the breastfeeding actually and it's like um that's something that I, I personally have lots of shame toward just because like it really is kind of engaging in this like very bisexual space for me um even though I'm more pansexual I would say like pansexual asexual it's all confusing it's just queer but like like in that kind of realm um like that's personally I have some shame when it comes to that and like what does that mean for me and like do I transition how, how does that work you know all these things so like I would say personally that's something I would like to explore more uh in terms of like replicating this for other kings I could totally see you recreating the photo where it's like you in the chair with like mm -hmm. your, your like your nipple out and but like you also in your own arms oh my gosh that would look so oh that would be really interesting that would be a lot I'm just seeing how I do that with like photo editing like how I would get myself into both but I'm also thinking like maybe we'll do even go like further into the art history and maybe like you're outside in a garden kind of giving us oh what oh. is it like that Venus right isn't there that famous photo of like Venus where her with her like tits out and she's like you know she's supposed to be like Mother Earth. Never oh is it the oh yeah or almost like the birth oh yeah the birth of Venus where she's in the clamshell. Yeah. Yeah yeah so that that actually I had done um, I actually have funny enough I have a photo shoot that I did that's actually rep, re, um, sort of replicating the look of that where I'm at, like, where I have like this, um, this like sky background and um, like, I'm like sort of like in the sky kind of, but it, it didn't, it wasn't as artsy as I hoped it to be, or it wasn't artsy, like artsy. It wasn't as impactful as I hoped it would be, but I have like attempted to recreate that for a video before. <laughs> that's so interesting. I like how we're, vi we're on the same level now. Um, do you think that's why kinks are so personal to people? Because it because kinks have that duality of fragility, vulnerability, disgust, mm -hmm. pleasure. Do you think that's what makes them so personal? And then to add on top of that, is that why kink relationships are so strong? I to me, I feel like are so strong. Right, like we build mm -hmm. community with other kinksters. I. I feel so much easier than let's say a normal person. Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's because I feel like kink is such like a, it's almost like very uh, secretive in a way. It's like you're sharing a secret with someone else in a way, but it's like you're sharing that secret and like, you know, they share that secret, you know, when it comes to someone else who's like very kinky. And I think that's why it's so personal because it's like, and I think many people may have experienced like finding out that other people have the same interests as you. They're very idiosync, you know, you think you're very idiosyncratic. We're, we're in fact the whole community of people that have the same thing. So it's like that humiliation becomes something viscerally pleasurable. Again, going talking about, you know, pleasure and pain uh, or pleasure and disgust, right? And then similarly with like king communities, it's because it's so secretive that it's almost like 
you're able to be more vulnerable because you're sharing something that you would never share with anyone else. Like it's not like sharing, Oh, I have a crush on this person, right? You know, that, that's something that maybe you would share with your best friend, but the same thing you might not share with your best friend that you're into X, Y, and Z kink. However, when you know someone has the same kink, it's feel like you, you feel more open to share that part of who you are. Right. Um, it's deeply personal, you know, um, it's something that's like often not something, a casual conversation, something that's just like normalized right so yeah and i think it's another reason why people are very nervous when it comes to joining the community because it's like you're really going back to vulnerability you're putting yourself in a vulnerable spot opening yourself up to sharing that part of you that you often feel disgusted about into like a space you know so and then, you know, you might be, for, you might, some people might have that fragility element to it where they're like, they might feel shameful of it in certain cases. Like, um, you know, for example, like, I don't know, I think people sometimes get really worried about when you talk about like ABDL topics in like Starbucks, for example. Like, I remember, you know, one time I met this one guy, I went to Starbucks, it was like a meetup or whatever. And we were just talking about diapers. I'm like, oh my God, diapers, blah, 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 blah. like you're talking about, they're going to hear. Like that to me is a very fragile kind of mindset that I used to have maybe. But now that I'm open, I'm like, whatever, who cares? Like, I'm being vulnerable and I'm not being fragile, right? And that's sort of like the, the line that you have to kind of balance within yourself. Talking about balancing, something that just popped into my head as you were talking about that is, do you think what makes one the photo, one being ABDL so complex is one, it's super personal. So there's mm -hmm. that aspect. A lot of us, when we when we make our ABDL personas, they're not us and us all at the same time, right? So there's that duality. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we're into a very taboo kink. Do you think mm -hmm. those all play a factor into why the photo is so impactful? Is that it's one... I'm trying to figure out what's like the best way to phrase this. Mm -hmm. It's like being ABDL... You are you and not you all at the same time. Mm, yeah. So it's very much like, um, it's very, I mean, the idea of like role playing, right? We are sort of like playing this role, but so there's a performative element to it, which kind of goes along with being in a scene, but there's also like that lifestyle component too, you know? So like, I think that, that like balancing of both, like my persona as this little, my persona as this diaper boy versus as this sort of, the way in which sometimes diapers do go into my real life. I might wear work as sometimes, or I might wear to the gym sometimes. So it doesn't mean I'm like that persona at the gym, but it's just sort of like coming into my life. Um, same thing that like sometimes in our, you know, our little side might come into our, you know, or, you know, a regular day to day life. If you're like, for example, if you're an engineer, you might be really good at playing with blocks or something. I don't know. You know, like there's just like that kind of intersection, but the, there's also that like, gray space between it like the ambiguity that kind of exists between them like i feel like they're they're not always present but they're also sort of like sometimes they might kind of you know intermingle as well and i think another thing to think about i feel like sometimes people have like little and i was thinking about this recently too sort of this fine line i think sometimes people are like middles and some or littles or like you know or whatever but they don't realize that like i was one time hanging out with a friend and he was acting like kind of we were just being silly and fun. He wasn't an ABDL. He does know about ABDL, but he wasn't ABDL at all. And he, he, was, he was acting like very kind of like silly and fun and like cutesy. And like, this is like a very little moment. Like, I was like, are you like a little? But I was like, no, it's more of a middle. But it's just kind of like comes in and out of our lives. It's like, you didn't even know that was a headspace and you're in the headspace, if that makes sense. 
No, that yeah. makes sense a hundred percent. Cause I was at a bar recently and this one woman was wearing, do you remember when we were kids that like fake town play mat? Mm -hmm. It was like a lot yeah. of grays and greens. She wore a jacket of that. And I had wow. to pull her over, and I had to pull her aside and be like, Your jacket's very interesting. By chance, do you know what <laughs> littles are? And she's like, Yeah, I totally do. And I was like, Tell me more. <laughs> but she was coming at it from she's like a Dom mommy. And oh, okay. she was wearing that jacket because she notices that she attracts like ABDLs for it. But like she's mm -hmm. not into diapers at all. So it's so I kind of feel you okay, on that. Interesting. Whole, I was kind of feeling you on that whole um on like you, your friend was like having little moments, but she, but he himself isn't a little or having yeah right yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's just like I feel like it's it's more of a common experience than you think about you know and it's also it's like very playful it's just about being playful and fun you know it's not it's it's not as like it's I mean it's deep for some people but it's also like it's you know being little is just a feeling it's a headspace you know what I mean like you come in and out of it so yeah. One thing that I that I can't that I think what makes one the photo impactful and then going along the lines of pleasure and disgust is it is taboo, right? Mm -hmm. Just facing the facts, ABDL mm -hmm. to mainstream is taboo. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like if this kink became more normative, the impact of that photo, the impact of pleasure and disgust would lessen if ABDL was more normalized? um i think that the ideas like the universal ideas within you know pleasure and disgust are might still be able to be interpreted just from like an interpret you know interpretive kind of way like obviously you have, if in this hypothetical situation where abdl is more normalized i think that would require some you know background knowledge so i think maybe from in this perspective, like an outside viewer who's doing ABDL might not realize that it used to be taboo unless they have like, they've talked to, you know, previous, you know, older people who are like, oh yeah, ABDL used to be so taboo. Da, 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 da. So they might not understand it. But I think if you interpret it, you might be able to understand the universal idea, but from like a personal level, it might not be as impactful for people who have experienced that internalized shame from ABDL. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. Furthering the question, um, and this is my own experience, I feel like mm -hmm. pup play has become very normalized. Do you mm -hmm. think you could create or someone could create a photo that that walks this fine line of pleasure and disgust with pup play? Being it oh, that most... you do think you think that could still Oh yeah, I, I think most definitely. And I think that like um, although it might be interesting to see how pup play, like almost like like a separate commentary, so still sort of a similar setup, but also maybe like a separate commentary and how like pup play has evolved once there's been like a bigger community, like a community moment. Like that would be very interesting, just like a way to talk about like yes, pup play used to be sort of like you know again like there this element of like maybe shame and auto humiliation. But, you know, it's grown over time and been a lot more accepted to the point where, like, I remember when I, like, one time downloaded Grindr and I was like, oh, Pub Play is just a filter now or whatever. Like, what you know, I was just like, oh, wow, okay. So clearly it's been a lot more normalized, like handlers and stuff. Um, so, like, I, I think that it'd be interesting to see commentary as well incorporated into that photo that almost talks about, like, how it's 
also evolving within this kind of yeah this still kind of humiliation because i'm sure some people still feel that humiliation when it comes to popular public scenes but like you know talking about the of evolution of it so furthering this media talk do you think so i know for me i kind of enjoy vintage porn because a lot of the mm-hmm. storylines have to deal with oh this is bad right mm-hmm. like it's the it's the two roommates it's the two frat brothers that are hooking up and <laughs> they're not supposed to right there's that yeah there's that naughtiness or tabooness to it mm-hmm. do you think that's what makes vintage porn so hot is because or i'm not saying that you think it is hot or not Mm -hmm. but do you think that plays an element on why someone might find vintage porn so hot is because it is it is commenting on at the time gay sex being taboo yeah and actually that's kind of like another layer to the photo itself which is like the photo itself is actually intended to look older right it's like supposed to like feel vintage in the way so there's a comment on it that it's um like in this universe where this photo exists, like clearly it was, it was meant to be porn. It's supposed to be used as porn. Porn is associated with pleasure, right? But then it's all worn and torn and like looks all like, like clearly thrown away and then someone's found it. Like it's found porn or whatever, right? So at some point they threw it away and didn't like it. So like, you know, kind of also talking about the binging and the purging maybe too that comes along with like, you know, porn and like, you know, ABDL or other kinks. So um, yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, and then to another layer of that, like you're saying, it's like knowing that it was intended to feel gross, it makes it almost more pleasurable. But then it, it kind of goes to that second line, which is like humiliation is good, but then also humiliation is bad. Right. So kind of this paradox. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, that's what I've always found hot about vintage porn is like they make it so obvious that like this is taboo. Right. You kind of see some. Mm-hmm. You see porn now and it's very much like, oh, yeah, we're just hooking up and this is totally normal, which is it's mm-hmm. hot. Like those scenes are hot. But there's something about yeah. like that added element that vintage porn had to it to where it's like you couldn't. Right. You couldn't be found out. You couldn't you couldn't mm-hmm. like you couldn't be noticed by it. It was like the two frat guys hooking up in the bedroom with the locked door or, mm-hmm. you know, it was like the dad and son scenes where you like, you know, we can't yeah. tell your mom. Yeah, I mean, even my own, the stuff that I've done too has been like, oh, bro, you're wearing a diaper? Why are you wearing a diaper? You know, it's like, there's a little bit of like that, like humiliation element, like why are you wearing a diaper versus like, oh, he's just wearing a diaper, you know what I mean? So I think that, yeah, it's definitely, there's obviously in my case, it's not vintage, but like, you know, it still kind of uses that kind of element to it, I guess. I think we've touched on it, but just to hit the nail on the head again, why do you think we're so obsessed with this idea of loving to be humiliated? Where do you think that comes from? I think my prediction to this, like, um, humiliation maybe just comes from, like, I'm just thinking of like development and like being, you know, this auto regulate, you know, the self-regulation, I mean, that, you know, you have to do, you have to like act a certain way and then, you know, you have to mask yourself or whatever. So then it's like, and you're, you know, maybe like less humiliated when you break those normative rules. But then um, I think, you know, being humili- being humiliated and breaking normative rules is maybe also commenting on like why those normative rules are stupid or whatever, or like unnecessary. So it's like, 
there's an enjoyment of that because you know like i don't know maybe you and it's always hard to say like people were humiliated in the past because some people may have not been humiliated and like like humiliation but i think maybe it's sort of like the pleasure of knowing that you're kind of playing around with that kind of breaking of normative rules i'm not sure or like being being humiliated for breaking rules or you know him being humiliated for a certain reason so i don't know i feel like might there might be some sort of societal element or it's just like how people develop over time but i'm not sure and then just quick tangent because it popped into my head do you you know because abdl is taboo but in in a lot of ways there's a lot of things that are taboo and it's always interesting to see when you have one kink that when you have like one kinky person that's like Oh, ABDL, that's so disgusting. Why would you be into that? But then like you turn around and you're like, well, mm-hmm. you, you like being pissed on. Like, what's the difference? Like, what, like, mm-hmm. how, do, how do you, how do we explain that? How do we explain when you, we have two people that are into, into taboo things, but they both see this visual, visual disgust mm-hmm. at each other? Yeah, I think, I think another element is like, to me, it, it's, I can maybe less speak to like why, you know, like why people have that sort of like judgment to it. I mean, I think maybe it also could be like, maybe you just, you had bad experiences with like, let's say you don't like piss play, but you like diapers or whatever, for example, it's like, maybe you just didn't like piss play or whatever. But then I think to me, it's like, I might not enjoy it, but I'm not going to judge them for enjoying it kind of thing. I mean, you can, I think it's valid to feel maybe not liking or seeing scenes of other kinks, but also understanding that it's just, that's just the scene, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then again, it's like, they're also the same element of like, oh, I feel humiliated for, you know, again, good humiliation, bad humiliation, like in that sense, or like, I like being humiliated, I like being disgusted, but then also like, I, I'm disgusted for a separate reason, but I'm not gonna judge that disgust because it's like, that's their, that's their kink, you know, as long as it's like consensual, that's fine, you know? Right. And then my last question, just in wrapping up. So we've talked to, we kind of touched a little bit on like what a future photo could be after having this experience, getting the response that you have, exploring this more, talking about it more. Can we expect a few, uh, a, a picture like this in the future? Or is, is your creative juices already <laughs> flowing, thinking about like, oh, this is what I want to do next? Yeah. And actually, I was thinking about like, doing some more um so there's like two kind of areas that i want to talk like kind of explore so one is the way in which abl specifically um there's a lot of intersection between because like an abl scene isn't like a regular like scene like where you're like um like you know where there's you don't always have to have like penetration for example you always have to have like certain sexual like acts happen sometimes it's literally just cuddling being in little space having someone taking care of you you know so the so like there's there's sort of still sexual and there's love but it's also like you might not actually be like you might not actually have a relationship but then it also can cause people to be attached to people in an intimate way so essentially like like the way in which love sex kink all kind of intersect in the way that it kind of can affect people's relationships. So like, I just think of me personally, like, uh, and maybe other people have experienced this too, where you're in sort of like, you're in like little space or you're big or whatever, uh, or you're caretaking someone. And this isn't like a person you're dating, but you're still, you know, and you may have met that, like, for example, it's like you're at a convention and that's very common, just like cuddle everyone you see, you know what I mean? But then 
if you don't have that understanding of like, this is a scene, yeah, we're cuddly, but this is a scene. This isn't like we're dating. This isn't like super emotional, but you might get like attached to this person. You know what I mean? So you have to really understand the way in which like ABDL as a kink, as a scene versus like actually cuddling, actually having that as like more love, you know? So there's sort of like that boundaries of sex and love and kink and how all those kind of get confused when it comes to ABDL and it's specifically ABDL, I think, I think. You know, I don't know. Because, like, again, this is sort of, like, my own personal experience with just, mm -hmm. like, you know, having that boundary and understanding boundaries within ABDL. And then separately, outside of, the separate kind of one I was thinking about, too, is the way in which, um, like, for example, I am um, was one of the founders of Pedal Scouts in Chicago. And, you know, when we have munches, when you have meetups, like... We're all essentially, we're not in ABDL gear, you know, in the sense that, I mean, some ABDL could be like vanilla clothes with diapers under it, but like some, you know, we're not wearing generally, generally you're not wearing little, you know, clothes. So the way in which that there's sort of like this conspicuous conspicuousness of like kink and how it's sort of like normal and how like we're just normal people hanging out, but it's still like we have this sort of conspicuous kink that we are all sharing and that's why we're here. So sort of like this sort of like daily life kind of, um like mundane element of like life but like the sort of like in the realm that we've come together because we have this shared kind of experience so i kind of want to look at that a little more in photography kind of like more candids maybe you know something something along those lines I totally see a whole section of ABDL art just being <laughs> these social commentaries on different mm -hmm. things. Because as you were saying that, I was like, I could totally see like a cool YouTube short of just like mm -hmm. normal people hanging out, but like you're attracted to this one person, but then you discover like, oh, they're into my kinks mm -hmm. too. And that was that visual, visual mm -hmm. uh, connection because we both were feeding off of this energy of like, yeah. oh, you have like this little energy to you, right? Because I always feel mm -hmm. that too when I go to like, abdl events it's like you vibe with different people because you're both on like that different level or they fulfill this need or this pleasure that you're trying to attract yeah yeah exactly and i think also just like art that's talking about like being careful with like how you engage in abdl and not to and understand the difference between cuddling and like being with somebody in an intimate way because you love this person or just because you want to be in a scene with them because they're, they're very different things. You know, like I've had conventions where I've done very intimate things with people and then it had been a stick for a scene. You know what I mean? Like not because like I'm in a relationship with them. Like, you know, typically, you know, when you meet somebody the first time, they're not like, you know, seeing, you know, changing your diaper. They're not like, you know, bottle feeding you or whatever. But then it's like, you know, seeing, you know, doing these very intimate things. But again, it's just because, it's part of like the ABDL experience, but then it's like being in an actual relationship may be doing like very intimate things, but it's, they're very different things. Just they're kind of comparable. And I think that's something that I'd like to explore more. Like almost like the, the again, vulnerability that comes with being an ABDL versus like how that's different. That's similar to like being in a vanilla relationship. Right. Yeah. I, and then I guess my, last question even though i already said i was going to say the last question <laughs> i could talk talk to you for hours about this but like what piece of advice could you give someone because i think that is such an important part right like when you're in a scene when you're when you have a play date and something it's not an actual relationship 
Right. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a moment in time. It's a, it's a scene. It's a fantasy. The relationships are real, right? Like you probably did have really good relationships with the person you were playing with. Yeah. But as soon as the scene ends, you know, it's different. So what advice mm-hmm. could you give to someone that maybe isn't, it's hard to separate that. Yeah. And I think for me, like, um, it's knowing, like, going going into any experience, I think it's really important to understand, like, do I have, like, issues with, like, attachment? Have I done ABDL scenes before? Um, like, because if it's your first time, it's really hard to gauge what you're going to feel, right? So, like, I think really thinking about your level of intimacy, have you d- been intimate with other people before, just in any way, like, cuddling or whatever, and knowing, like, okay, this is my reaction in the past, like, remember this is a scene this isn't like this isn't something that's going to be consistent it could possibly end up being consistent but like I think it's really important to like just like keep in mind like this is a scene this is ABDL as like you know play you know I don't know I guess I I just I don't know I think just being aware of like how you react to um like physical touch and like the different types of like response that you've had like do you have issues with attachment do you have this do you have that you know that that's those sort of types of questions are what i want to look at and uh and like future art for sure yeah no of course well thank you we could talk for hours on this but <laughs> thank you leafy for coming on the show and talking about your photo and talking about the commentary between mm-hmm. you know kink porn art abdl mm-hmm. yeah it was great talking i I definitely can't wait to take, make more pictures and share them on my, on my, you know, Twitter and Instagram and everything. So, yeah, if people don't already follow you, where where can they follow you to to keep with this journey? Um, so on my Twitter, the handle is at Dad Leafy, but it's like D A D D Leafy. Um, and then on my Instagram, it is, I believe it's Little Thing Leafy. Yeah, Little Thing Leafy. Go give them a follow. And then also, I do Puddle Scouts as well. So if you're in Chicago, please go to PuddleScouts.com and you'll be able to find all the information to, you know, join our events. A separate thing, but, you know, still part of the community. Got to share it. So. Yeah, no, go follow Puddle Scouts too. I, that I, um, you guys are always doing fun events and I always try to repost them when I see them. Oh, thank you. Yes. Many, many events coming in the future too. So if you ever come to Chicago, anybody. Please, please come to our events. They're lots of fun. Well, thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, kiddos, before I go, Leafy, who is one of the founders of Puddle Scouts in Chicago, would like me to tell you that his group is hosting the first ever ABDL meetup at Mr. International Rubber this Saturday, November 5th at 2.30 Chicago time. It is also worth noting that Puddle Scouts is a supporting sponsor of MIR. All right, kiddos, I'm officially soggy. I gotta go change. See ya. Bye. Bye.